0: Coming up on today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, we're going over Kevin Durant's historical night in the big Game 5 victory over the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, camp has started in the NFL. We got news coming out of Miami two of throw of five interceptions. What that means is it be cause of her concern or not. And also Bears camp, Matt Nagy saying Andy Dolan's number one, Justin Fields number two. We just got a lot of breaking news that's happened. Kawhi Leonard injured out for Game 5. Chris Paul entering COVID protocols, and NBA coaches getting fired. Pelican Stan Van Gunny, Wizards, Scott Brooks, all that and more coming up. Let's get it going. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. It's a beautiful Wednesday afternoon, and we got a lot to talk about. A lot of things happened during recording, like breaking news coming out, especially in the NBA regarding Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul. We're going to get into those topics a little bit. But the first topic we're going to get into for the day, last night, Kevin Durant took the team on his back and just came out on top of a historical performance Last night in a big Game 5 victory over the Milwaukee Bucks. That's where we're going to get into first. 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, and the 114-108 victory. They're back in Brooklyn. They now take a 3-2 series lead over the Bucks. You saw 16 of 23 from the field. So he was just feeling all night. He had a huge fourth quarter. This Nets team was down 16 and a half. And it looked like James Harden actually did play, too. But he looked like a non-factor. Like He was just out there to be out there. He was non-existent, really, during the course of the game. Aside from a few plays here and there. But Kevin Durant with a big, monster 49-point performance. He is one of only three players in the history of the NBA that have that kind of stat line. Oscar Robertson did it back in the 60s. And Charles Barkley did it in 93 against the Seattle Supersonics. So he joined some elite company and it had a heck of a performance because Kyrie Irving still missed the game. James Harden was bothered by the hamstring. That was his first game back since injuring it. So James Harden was just basically out there to be out there. But he played 46 minutes. James Harden on a bum hamstring. He didn't have that great of a game. Only 5.6 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 of 10 overall from the field. But he was out there for 46 out of the 48 minutes. Kevin Durant played all 48 minutes. He didn't even sit. 49 points in 48 minutes. Heck of a game. Historical, individual performance. This is out of this world. You don't see that very often. And Jeff Green also for the Nets had a great game of 27 points, 7 to 8 from 3. So he was, those two were huge factors in getting this victory. Let's talk about those bucks. Giannis on the night, 34 points, 12 rebounds. Milton had 25 himself, but this is a huge stat that everybody needs to pay attention. This guy just made All NBA First Team again. Talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo here, but not one time did he guard Kevin Durant the second half. The whole time in the second half, not once. He guarded him a couple possessions in the first half. Durant went 0 for 2. But this man, Durant, dropped 20 in the fourth. Are are you going to guard him? I thought that was a defensive player of the year. An MVP. Aren't aren't MVPs defensive player of the year? Don't they perform well during playoff games? Don't they take the responsibility of guarding the best player? When he's lighting you up, why is Chris Milton on him? Boom, money. All day, Chris Milton couldn't stop him. They tried to throw other people at him, couldn't stop him. Like I don't understand the praise everybody gives you. Yes, you look at his stat line: thirty-four points, twelve rebounds. He does kind of tries to bulldoze people over with his long strides and gets easy layups and dunks. It's hard to stop. Okay, it is hard to stop when somebody's that damn tall and lengthy, and just can take two steps basically from half court and make a layup. But he does—he does travel a lot, he palms the ball a lot. It doesn't get called sometimes; it does. But we're talking about fourth quarter crunch time, series tie two-two. James Harden is not—is not—is this out there? He's not the same. Kyrie Irving still out. You got one guy to stop on that team. His name is Kevin Durant, and you didn't do it. You didn't even attempt to guard him. And the main problem I have is after the game, in the post-game conference interview with Giannis, he decides to, uh, Kevin Durant's best player in the world. We got to stop him as a team, do better as a team, guarding him, and stop him together. But he's the best player in the world right now. Hmm, Giannis, we know you're a nice guy, but can you please go in the huddle and say, listen coach, listen guys, this guy is dropping everything he shoots, threes, clutch threes, basically that one that put the game away, like he made his shots, but it's your responsibility as a great player you are, as we say, you're a MVP. You're defensive player of the year. You're all these accolades, and in the playoffs, you seem to just not win. When it comes time crunch time, he fumbled the ball there. It was late in his laps. He was, you know, they were just down two, forced overtime. But he fumbled the ball, turnover, end of game. But it is your job, as the best player, to go in the huddle and say, "I got him." When you're on the court, hey, listen. I'm the best player on the team. I'm the best defender. I'm a former MVP. I got him. How do you not guard him that one time the whole second half? Especially the fourth quarter when he's cooking. Like you got to do better. This is your chance to steal one in their home building and go up 3-2 heading back to Milwaukee. And you failed. They were basically without two of their best players. Two of the three. So, by you not taking advantage of that, you may have just cost yourself the series. It's now I got one, two in a row. They can do it. we we'll see how the health of Kyrie is. we we'll see how the health of James Harden is going into game six. But is Kevin Durant going to be able to drop 49 again? Maybe not. He'll probably still drop 40. But it's up to the best player to guard the best player. Giannis had a step up to the We talked about this last year when they were facing Miami too When Bam Adebayo Was like basically Shutting him out And the Hatari Heat team Was basically shutting him out from the paint Now we're seeing it again this year And in this series You know Kevin Durant's balling It's up to Giannis to guard him no matter what He's got the size He's got the length of the matchup With him Kevin Durant is shooting over Chris Milton, Drew Holiday because he's just that much bigger when his release of his shot. So Giannis, better step up game six. We're going to see if you really want to call yourself the MVP defensive, former defensive player of the year and all that. Like, come on. You won two, MVP two years in a row. You won a defensive player last year. Like, the Joker won MVP this year. I know. You probably shouldn't look at that. What happened in that series, got swept by the Suns. An MVP gets announced, gets swept. Right, This all made team gets announced, and they all start going down. Like, oh, Giannis to me is one of the most overrated players in the game. He can't shoot. He can't shoot free throws, and he never guards the best guy. He's yes, he's a rim protector, but damn, man up. Time to. Man up. Okay, I want to switch over. Let's talk some football. Man, I haven't talked some football in a good minute here. It's been mainly about the NBA playoffs and whatnot. We have some news coming out of the camps here. Both Dolphins and Bears camp. We're going to start with Dolphins camp and two attack of Aloha. Throwing five picks the first day of camp. I started laughing when I saw this. I'm like, oh, man, this is camp. Like, who cares? He could throw 10 interceptions. Who cares? Remember, Jimmy G once threw five picks on five straight passes. So it wasn't that bad, but it's still pretty bad because Jacoby Brissett threw two himself during this pat uh practice. So I've been a hard you know critic when it comes to Tua. I don't think he's the answer. I really don't think he can be that quarterback Miami's been desperately seeking for years since Dan Marino. And this team has they have a great team. They showed it last year. The defense played really well. They've retooled the offensive line. They brought in a couple speedsters this year to add on offense and drafting Jalen Waddle and bring in Will Fuller over from the Houston Texans. So they've addressed all the other areas. This is Tua's time to really develop in the second year. And then uh, they got The other problem I kind of question is they got two offensive coordinators or like co offensive coordinators to work with them. That's another questionable move, a little scary move to me still. But we got a lot of co- – everybody's coaching the offense, really, in the NFL. Like, on that side, like, they're all in it together. But to have t- two offense – I wonder who's going to call the plays this year for Miami in between them. But anyways, is this still a cause for concern in Miami? Because when the offseason started – there was talk about Deshaun Watson possibly coming, but then all the allegations happened, so that went out the window real quick. The draft happened. You saw the way they drafted; they basically building their team from the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, and then you know, speechers outside. They just extended Jerome Baker, the linebacker, as well, to a three-year, thirty-nine million-dollar extension. So that's huge. Now, can Tua do this? He was second worst QB rating in completing passes down the field last year. So he's at the bottom. He tried like I said, they're trying to address it with Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle in the draft, bringing his former my Alabama guy. Maybe this can help him. But what makes David Matters worse is two weeks ago, I believe two, three weeks ago, where Tua said I was just running rolling with the playbook. I didn't really know it at all. Whatever play was called is kind of rolling with it. And that is concerning to me. Miami fans should be concerned. Oh, no, it's just off season. You know, we're just in camp. But this is all the signs are pointing to this guy. That he's not going to be that guy. This is very concerning to me as a big Miami Dolphin fan as well. Like, your quarterback admits to not knowing the playbook at all. His first career start, remember, he's like, oh, yeah, this game is pretty easy. I didn't know it would be this easy. Then it got a lot harder toward the end of the year. You got benched twice. And then the fourth or the final game against Buffalo, he throws three picks. You know, they lose, they get smacked. Defense lets up over 50 points, like, and they're out. And this is a team that wants to win the AFC East. This is a team that the rebuilding started a lot quicker. A lot more success, quicker than maybe a lot of us may have imagined. If Miami drafted Justin Herbert instead of Tua, like we all wanted, we may not even have this conversation. We're looking at Miami Dolphins possibly representing the AFC. That's how strong I would feel with these moves and Justin Herbert as my quarterback. But he's out in L.A. He's a charger. Stuck with Tua. So we make a, try to make a trade. Is the Sean watch still on the table with all no allegations? Is anything going to be resolved this year? Is there NFL suspension still in the works with him? Because if not, I may be calling Aaron Rodgers. Is that Green Bay situation going to be worked out? Or is he really going to sit out if he's not traded? If I'm Miami, I'm keeping my ears open a little bit. And maybe making that call. But that's how I feel about this Tua situation. I think it really is a cause for concern in Miami. Because the team is on the come up. you have had a great pieces around them. And you don't want to lose because your quarterback still can't make plays or just throw the ball down the field. Brian Flores came out this recently. Even after this practice, he addressed it today. Saying, yeah, I just want him to continue to be aggressive throwing the ball down the field. Don't be scared to do it. And that, if Tua can get over that, maybe it could help. But I see him as it's your average game-managing quarterback that just kind of gets by. I'm still not high on him. I still think Miami needs to make a move for one of these you know, veteran quarterbacks and really propel this team to take over the AFC East. Because don't count any of those guys out. Buffalo Strong, New England, you never know all the key pieces they added in free agency they may you know be in the conversation as well as coming out of the AFC East and the Jets well Zach Wilson's look good in camp but I don't know <laughs> they're the Jets they're still the J-E-T-S Jets but anyways that's my email let's go hop on the Chicago camp where Matt Nagy has come out and said "Any Dalton's number one Justin Fields is number two This Chicago Bears franchise is in the same situation as they were back in 2017, where they signed Mike Glennon to be a you know that big contract back then that was like a huge contract. To Mike Glennon came from the Bucks. Oh, this guy's gonna be something! Signed to that big deal. Then they drafted, moved up about one spot for some reason, giving up multiple future picks for Mitchell Trubisky when you have Pat Mahomes with Deshaun Watson drafted later on. And that is done. We're in 2021 now. Guess what happened? Mr. Trubisky's fifth year option declined. He's now the backup in Buffalo to Josh Allen. In comes the Bears signing Andy Dalton. And when they signed him before the draft, they said he was going to be the number one quarterback. And What do the Bears do in the draft? Move up, select number eleven overall, Justin Fields from Ohio State to play quarterback, and now he may not even start, but we all know he's going to start at some point this year, and probably start the year off over Andy Dalton, even though Andy Dalton had an all right year, he had an all right year last year for Dallas when he filled in for Dak Prescott. 2,170 yards, 14 touchdowns, eight picks. He had like 65 percent completion rate. Not horrible numbers, but we all know Justin Fields is going to be starting. Andy Dalton's only on a one-year deal, so Matt Nagy's job is on the line. They're all on the line that they're in Chicago. Their jobs, anyways. But you draft the guy, he's going to get playing time. I expect. When would you expect to see Justin Fields you know, start this year? I expect him to start pretty damn early because if Andy Dalton's the starter and say the Bears are like 1-3 in three their first four games, you know that Chicago media and the entire fan base is going to say enter the kid in the game. The kid's going to be in the game by week five <laughs> if that's the case. He's going to be in the game by game five by the Bears, I think. Because I don't know if the Bears going to jump out to a, you know, great record to start off. Any Dalton's not the answer, and poor Allen Robinson is one of the greatest wide receivers in the game today. He's very underrated. Feel a little bit bad for the guy. He never seems to have a quarterback to throw to him, and he puts up these numbers anyway. So I wish all the best for Justin Fields. I don't. I'm a little skeptical about his, um, you know. NFL talents coming out of Ohio State. I'm not very high on him either. But if you want to... Chicago Bear fans have never had a quarterback. If you want to count Jimmy McMahon from the 80s, as a, that's really the only quarterback they've ever had. The Bears have always never had a quarterback. But I expect to see Justin Fields by... You know, especially by the middle of the season... Being the Bears starting quarterback and seeing what he can do and see if he belongs in the league. And with Matt Nagy's job being on the line and Andy Dalton being on a one year deal, I expected that to happen a lot sooner than later. Okay, switching gears back over to the NBA. We have some breaking news coming up. But Kawhi Leonard is injured. He's ruled out for game five, and possibly the rest of the series. That's why he told his teammates he's probably going to be done for the series. And after tying it up 2 2. Going into tonight's game, we were expecting big things. We're hey, the Clippers may win this series now against the Jazz, but now with this news, wow, the Clippers aren't even going to have a shot to beat the Jazz, especially you know in today's game on the road. Unless the Jazz says take it easy, But well, you don't want to do that. Don't be like Milwaukee and Giannis taking it easy. When players are down on the opposite team. Mike Conley still may not play tonight for the Jazz. He hasn't played all series yet. But Donovan Mitchell. I know this man's mentality. He ain't going to have it. He's going to go out there and ball like he balls. <laughs> he's going to go out there and this ball. Like he's he's Spider-Man. He's not going to go out there and lay an egg. You know Like. Donovan Mitchell and his Utah Jazz team is going to come out firing and put it to them and take advantage of the Kawhi Leonard list. Los Angeles Clippers. Paul George is going to have, a, have to step up huge tonight for them to even have a chance. They're already without Serge Ibaka. He won't, you know, he had a back surgery or like earlier in the week. So they're without Serge Ibaka for the remainder of the year. And now they lose Kawhi to a knee injury. I guess he injured it, you know, Banging knees with Joe Ingles late in the game, in Game Four, that is. So, I mean, what what bad luck? And it's supposed to be just the other knee; it's not the same knee that he injured with the Spurs. So, what does I mean? This what bad luck? What more can you say? If he's out, they're done. They have no shot winning the series. It'd be Jazz and the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. With him in. I can see them coming back win the series after being down 2-0 and tying up 2-2. Like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have dropped 30 apiece the last few games. I the for his teammates to be doing that. Like they're going all they're going ham. I mean, just in this series alone, Kawhi is averaging twenty-seven seven and a half rebounds, you know, in the four games of the series so far. That's huge amount of production to lose. And they have absolutely no shot at beating the Jazz if he's out for the series. And this unfortunate circumstance. And again, here you are, the Clippers. Bad luck always happens to them in the playoffs. Injuries, whatever. That's just their. Hist- that's just their history. Their his history. <laughs> like they had the opportunity to take L.A. Lakers are already out. They got bounced in the first round. Here's your chance to put L.A. and your team on the map, and it looks like it's not going to get, happen again. So, Kawhi Leonard is out. Game 5, we'll see how his status is going forward, if he does come back, but it's highly unlikely at this point. But, you never know. So now we've got more injury news. Well, not injury news. Chris Paul has entered the COVID protocol. That's when I that was uh, you know, told today, like, and supposedly he's vaccinated, so I don't understand. We gotta get more information on this. I'm not seeing any kind of information on either on ESPN or NBA or nowhere in regards to this. But they said they announced he was out indefinitely. Indefinite. Well, that really means that could be a week. Maybe missed game one on West Conference Finals because if this game, the earliest it could be played it would be Sunday, would be game one, and if say um you know, the Jazz and Clippers series goes to game seven, then it will, the earliest it will start will be t- next Tuesday. So, I think when they announced indefinite, it scared the crap out of me, like he may miss the whole entire series. But we got to get some more facts straight on what exactly or how long he's been in protocol. If he has the quarantine, if he actually is vaccinated, that's what they said. So if he's vaccinated and everything, I don't see the problem with this. Or if he himself tested positive, I didn't even see... This news is this reported by the athletic, and it's going around, you know, different uh, news spots here. But I don't see it if game one is say twos. I just think there'll be this one game missed, maybe two, if he really has to obey by these NBA protocols and this, you know, whatnot. He has to test negative every day, and there's no report of a positive test yet, at least in the. Not that I've seen, but that's the Chris Paul news. And that is a little worrisome. But, because this Suns team has been, you know, they're on a seven-game win streak. They swept the Nuggets this past series. And he averaged 25-10 and in it. Chris Paul has been the greatest addition to a team this year. And this Phoenix Suns team is a team to be reckoned with. And Devin Booker and those guys, they may be able to survive. Game or two without him, but a series definitely not. They gotta have Chris Paul out there. So that's my thoughts on that. I really think he's going to this miss a game, maybe two. So Suns fans don't panic yet. So in other NBA news, we got a couple coach firings. You know, Stan Van Gundy out as the Pelicans head coach. You know, he was thirty-one and forty-one this past year for the New Orleans Pelicans. This is only a year he was there. That, I mean, th- this is why they got, got fired. Like, 14 games this year, they held a double digit lead and blew it. They lost so many close games, like, by three points or less. Like, they couldn't hold leads and they couldn't get leads, like, down the stretch. Their offense seemed they like, their offense and defense switched. In the uh, first half of the season, it was, you know, their defense that was struggling and they couldn't really get any offensive efficiency. Then the second half of this switch. Like they picked up the defensivity, defense, say that five times fast. Defense. <laughs> and offense, you know, went back to the bomb half of the league in the second half. Like it just, this team just didn't really gel, it seemed like. They had a lot of injuries in the year. They had Lonzo Ball, you know, Ingram, Zion Williamson was in for a little bit too. Like this team just needed a new head coach. 61 year old Stan Van Gundy was not going to be the answer, and getting the development with Zion Williamson. Anyways, I didn't believe. It. I was actually shocked last year when he got the job, and I just didn't understand why the Pelicans would go in that direction. Hey, is this a one year thing? Move on. They couldn't get in, so you gotta make the playoffs, man. You can't miss the you can't miss the playing game. So he's out as coach, and Scott Brooks out as the Wizards coach. He was a you know, last two hundred and seven games, one eighty three and two oh seven during his tenure it was the Wizard Coast. This past year it was there thirty-four and thirty-eight, including that huge turnaround late in the season where they went seventeen and six during the final twenty three games. So Scott Brooks is out. You know I mean, great comeback to get in the playing game and play some get back in the playoffs. But then when you get blown out by a Joe Embiid, B didn't even play. During the final games, and you just get blown out by that sixer team. It's just kind of scratch your head. This Wizard team is bad. They're way worse than the record really did. Russell Westbrook, ball hogging everything he could get his hands on. You know, but I respect him as a player. Don't get me wrong, okay? I respect him as a player. I respect his hustle, his determination for the game. But when you're stealing the ball with rebounds away from your teammates, I don't think they really want to play with you. But Bradley Beal, the future of him is still up in the air. And the future of this team, I like Hugh Shimura, a small four there. But everybody else is just, you know, it's just not a great team. (laughs) So whoever comes in has a lot of work to do there in Washington. This team could look at a very big shakeup. You know That, that contract that both Beal and Westbrook is going to be hard to move and they decided to split those guys up. Bradley Beal is the most likely guy, but they got to get some players in them for anybody to uh, change the Washington Wizards in their future. And that's going to wrap up today's episode. And to thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk from McCreary with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Be sure to check out the official website at feelyheatentertainment.com as feelyheat ENT.com. We'll have some sport blog up there. It's a merchandise store. So be sure to check it out. Look in that newsletter. We're gonna send it. I'm gonna send one out here then the we will you be getting 25% off all merchandise orders. That's a bonus there for gonna last for the end of the month. So be sure we be on the lookout fast. Subscribe to the website to get that information. Right on the website. Subscribe right on the website to get all that email notifications. Remember, Monday and Wednesday we're available on every single streaming platform. So check us out on social media networks as well on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube at Fuby Heat Entertainment. Thanks for joining me again. Appreciate the love. Catch you next time. Peace.